Welcome to the Raising Christian Kids podcast. Your host, Leanne Mancini, is extremely passionate about helping children to have a strong foundation in Jesus. You will be equipped with methods and techniques to help solidify a relationship between your child and Jesus. So let's dig deep and raise strong Christian kids. Hello and welcome back to Raising Christian Kids. Lana Lee Wilkins challenges fellow knee-jerk moms to respond instead of reacting to this culture of chaos and to family. She and her husband, Matt, have six kids and have recently moved to Texas. Lana used to think yelling, hurrying, and repeating herself was just a part of being a mom. But then God reminded her of a powerful process. Her book, Knee-Jerk Mom, is available wherever books are sold. Welcome, Lana, to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, why did you write Knee-Jerk Mom, and what is a knee-jerk mom? Yeah, so I'll start with what is a knee-jerk mom, because then the second will make a lot more sense. So it is when you're stuck in that cycle of action and reaction, you know, for example, your kid says something that just hits your button and you're like, fly off the handle, you yell at them or maybe just raise your voice. That's like code mommy language for I just yelled at my kid. And then instead of thinking ahead of time, okay, when I face those situations, how am I going to respond? You just react in the moment. It can come out all kinds of different ways, but that's just one example. The reason that I wrote the book was, well, I am a knee-jerk mom. So I sympathize with just feeling like, oh, is this just what motherhood is? Is this my new normal? I'm just going to be sad about who I am every day and struggle with all the, all the sin in my life that I didn't know was there. And it, you know, it brought me to my knees quite a bit and helped me depend on the Lord more motherhood did. So I thought, well, I, can't, I know I'm not the only mom who struggles and deals with the sin of, of overreaction and, and yelling at their children and hurrying them around and repeating yourself all the time. So I didn't think, oh, I'm going to write a book about this. I thought I'm going to go look for a book like this. And there are other books out there that are fantastic that talk about how to respond, but I found that they're pretty prescriptive, like do this, don't do this. And they're real specific to who that mom was, but it didn't really resonate with me in my life and the lifestyle that we had. So I thought maybe I could just write a book of questions to help moms figure out and dialogue with the Lord so they could get to that place. Because I think it will look a little different, the journey from being an e-jerk mom to, you know, confessing and repenting of that. I agree with you. You know, I think we're all knee jerk moms. We're, we've all been there. And you know, as a part of being a mother is, you know, reaction to something that's happening right in the moment, you want to fix it, or you want to correct them or discipline them. And so you do it immediately. And I think it's so wise to sit back and to assess the situation to, and to think about what's happening and, and how to react and prepare how you would react to certain situations. So your book is a much needed book. I, I really enjoyed reading your book. And I read every book from cover, you know, to the end before I interview. So I highly recommend this to my listeners to get this book. What steps should someone take to help them to stop having a knee jerk reaction towards their kids? That's a great question. I think the first step it might sound obvious, but if you don't see the problem, then you won't be seeking a solution. So 
maybe just observing yourself would be a good first step because we like to think the best of ourselves. And I think that's just human nature. Most of us tend to be more optimistic about our behavior. You know, if you're on a diet or something and you don't write everything down in your journal, in your food journal, you two or three days later, if they're like, how are you doing? You're like, fine, you know, probably fine. You know, you forget about the cookie you ate like at midnight or you forget about all the little things. So I think just observing yourself and giving yourself time to see, you know, what is triggering you? What kind of things are, where are your buttons that that your kids are pushing or your husband? I mean, it doesn't have to be kids. I feel like this principle, yes, it's to moms, but I mean, it could have said knee jerk wife and been the same thing, you know, or friend or whatever. But I think moms in particular do struggle with what to do because we have so much going on. So observation is an easy first step because it doesn't take any extra time. You can just listen to yourself, pay attention to how you talk to your kids when there are no other adults around and then how you talk to them when someone's watching you. I think you'll see, you'll see kind of where your weak spots are. (laughs) So yeah, that's the first step I would say. And then along the way, again, this may sound obvious, but reading scripture regularly daily is a tough ask for a lot of moms. You feel like, oh, I don't have enough time or, you know, I always get interrupted or, you know, my kids are always just so needy in the morning and I try to do it in the morning or during their nap, I have other stuff I have to get done. And there's a long to-do list for moms. So, but carving out time, prioritizing the time, which is part of honestly why I wrote that part in the book where it's like about your priorities and not guilting yourself over your priorities, but intentionally looking at them and calling things what they are. That's like my latest favorite phrase, just calling things what they are. If it doesn't make sense for you to do it, then you can delegate it. You know, there's ways to to find space and we have a really massive opportunity to pour into our kids. So recognizing the problem and then spending time in God's word, allowing that to shape the kind of person we are. Cause there's not like any psychologist that I know of on the planet that is not filled by the Holy Spirit that has like good advice. In my opinion, I really think that psychology is kind of devoid of, of biblical teaching. If they have anything good to say, it's because God's already said something about that. So yeah, those are the two big. Absolutely. And I like how you talked about the journaling, you know, the diet, well, why not journal, you know, when you find yourself reacting, instead of stepping back to assess the situation, write down that situation, maybe the time of day on a piece of paper when it happened, how you were feeling before that happened, you know, write down the whole circumstance. So that way you can better prepare, you know, read it to remind yourself. That's a great idea. And then I also like when my kids were little and they could read, I would put Bible verses on their mirrors. So in the morning they brush their teeth, they'd read the Bible verse before they go to bed, they'd brush their teeth, they'd read the Bible verse. Moms also, or anybody put a Bible verse on your, you know, tape it to your refrigerator to remind you that week of that (laughs) Bible verse, you know, about patience forgiving, loving, or about anger. So yeah, we love those ideas. Yeah. And about that, like I used to be, I don't know where this disconnect was and exactly when it changed for me, but I used to have this major disconnect whenever I would read, say the fruits of the spirit in Galatians five, when you're like, Oh, like I should be more patient. I should be more kind. I should be more gentle as mom. Why, why am I getting so upset, you know, over like spilled water? What's wrong? What's my problem? You know, I have the Holy Spirit. What is going on? Um, And what I realized was it's just the age old, I'm doing this on my own effort. I'm, I'm trying to be more patient. I'm trying to 
you know, do better than I did yesterday. And, you know, I forgot that God's the one that transforms us from the inside. And what better way to do that than to meet with him, be with him? Like, how can you be transformed by someone you never hang out with? So yeah, it kind of stopped me from having a long to-do list of spiritual things I was supposed to be doing. And on top of all of the the mommy lists of, you know, household things I had to do. That That's great because we can do nothing. It's the Holy Spirit that transforms us. Knowing God's word is just knowing God's word. Yeah. And we can only live it out when we actually allow him to come in and to transform us. And it's hard being a parent. And, you know, if, if you realize that it is the Holy Spirit to, that does the transforming, it takes away the guilt you feel when you fail. And yes. a lot of moms, right, feel guilty when they fail. I know I did when I would lose my temper on my child and I would look at this little child and tears in his eyes after I just screamed at him for something that was really not even important. I remember those days and I had such guilt. And so if we realize it's the Holy Spirit that transforms us, that we can't do it, it can help take away that guilt. Don't you think yeah. so? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel the same way whenever I would yell at my son or my daughter, even now, like if I raise my voice, like I said, my little code words, whenever I've yelled at my kids, guilt always follows. If you have the Holy Spirit, you're instantly feeling the sin of what I just did and how in a way, yeah, maybe, maybe they did do something super against what they know is best or what you've asked them to do. And so it, they're in sin, but then you added on more sin to the, the problem instead of, instead of modeling. And so, yeah, that makes me feel super guilty. So and, and it we, does release us whenever yeah. we realize this isn't our work, it's God's work. And he, he knew ahead of time, I was going to make that mistake. It doesn't justify it, but you know, it's an opportunity, not a failure. And people say you have to walk through failure to get to success. And I think that's really true. Yeah, we don't want the guilt, even though we feel it. it, it we yeah. use it for a second to transform us, but we don't dwell in the guilt. Because that Yeah, conviction, want. I yeah, think conviction. is the word that I we want to use, right? Like, exactly. yeah, <laughs> not worldly guilt, but, but godly conviction. Can you address some points from your book that would help parents realize how important parenthood is compared to self-desires of travel, adventure, and work? Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> I have really struggled with, I mean, I'm an only child, so maybe I struggle with it a little bit more intensely, having like, I want to do what I want to do. But in a way, I think that's just kind of human nature too. We're hedonists, you know, we want to do what makes us feel good. We want to please ourselves and and spend our time doing what we like and kids and uh, get in the way of that you know <laughs> you're like wait a minute i wanted to go here but i can't afford that now because that plane ticket now costs three times what it was going to cost or 10 times or whatever how many kids you have so there are things that i imagined doing you know that i thought would be fun and and enjoy and i had these ideals i definitely love adventure and travel and we've had our fair share of travel. I mean, I have learned to have a little contentment, but I still struggle with, you know, all of the undone lists in my mind. God has slowly, slowly, and is still eroding some of this, but he's slowly teaching me that there is intense purpose in being a parent and there's intense value in, in the kind of training that we're giving our kids because we're raising adults, you know, we're not raising babies. We're, we're raising adults. We're raising our future friends. I think teaching them to, to love God and to impact the culture and to not fall for, you know, maybe what the messages are out there. I mean, I'm being vague, but you know what I mean? There's a lot of 
I mean, pick any area of culture, there's going to be lies because the father of lies is ruling this world and he has permission to kind of roam to and fro. So our kids are in the middle of all of that. And I want them to be able to make sense of, I want them to be able to make sense of things and go to God's word first. So how can I do that if I'm out doing my own thing and I'm never spending time with them? You know, if I'm always abrogating my authority and giving it away to other people and say, you watch my kids, but either way, whenever you are with your kids, you know, if it's at the end of the day after school, if it's after work, if it's in the morning at breakfast, or maybe you do stay home, you can check out and be at home all day. You know, like there's plenty of room for doing your own thing and watching movies and being like, go in there and play, you know, and ignoring your kids, even if you do stay at home. So I don't think it's an issue of work, you know, mothers working versus not working. I think it's more an issue of your attitude toward how you spend your time and what that time looks like. And am I attempting to make my kids happy and just please them all the time, make sure I'm buying them fun things and taking them out to all these places and spending that like date time? Or am I using that time I have with them, maybe take them on a date with a purpose? Anyway, I feel like I'm rambling. (laughs) But, But point is, I think that I've had all kinds of dreams of doing other things. And at the end of the day, I don't want to take the responsibility that God's given me and feel like it's a job or a duty rather than a joy. So I'm always asking God to, to increase my joy in motherhood and help me to see the big picture. Cause I think moms, we do get kind of in the nitty gritty of the day and lose sight of, you know, the long game. Like parenting is such a long game. So, and, and I would just like to add that because I'm on the other side, I've raised my kids, they're adults. It's such a short time in your life. <laughs> It really is such a short time in your life. And when you're going through it, it doesn't feel like a short time. It feels like a long, drawn out process. (laughs) Am I ever going to get my freedom back? Am I ever going to be able to do stuff for myself? I promise Mm -hmm. you, moms, you will. You really will. (laughs) But this is the most important job you will have. And you will have many jobs in your life. You had a job before you had kids. You're going to have a job after you have kids. But the most important job really is the crucial years of raising them from the womb, really till they're about 13 to solidify that strong spiritual foundation. And then you guide them after that until they're adults. Then now you're you know, kind of guiding them what you've taught them, what you've laid down. And then before you know it, they're grown and you're, you're sitting there like the, you know, the cartoon, you see the mom crying because she's looking at the empty playroom. She complained about all the toys before, and now she's looking at an empty playroom with toys and nothing, you know, no kids. So it does go by so fast. Yeah. Well, Lana, thank you for coming on the show today. Is there any last thoughts you'd like to share? Yeah, I did want to say one extra thing. One thing about being a knee-jerk mom, I think the assumption is that it's going to be obvious on the outside. And, you know, nobody in my life knew I was one except for me. I didn't seem like I had a major problem. I, no one saw me crying by myself. You, nobody saw those moments when I was on my knees and like, God, why did you give me these kids? What were you thinking? You know, those kind of, you know, come to Jesus moments when you're Raw is at your wits end, you know, say it's possible. It's possible to not yell at your kids because with Christ, all things are possible. And I would encourage you to look around you and see what other moms are there because you could be a huge encouragement to someone. Yes, thank you. And I want to remind my listeners that you are one of the members of our Raising Christian Kids Facebook group. 
And we'd love to have these moms interact and give advice and share their thoughts and promote any ideas or any items that help you in your parenting process. Thank you, Lana, for being on the show today. No problem. And God bless you and writing your book. And I hope you find these resources useful in helping you to raise strong Christian kids. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. <laughs>